community was was one of the biggest things uh the biggest influences for me in my life uh because i felt like i wasn't going through the process alone i felt like i had a whole village of people uh that were rooting for me that uh they were doing the same thing i was doing uh that i could turn to and talk to about uh anything with photography um so it was it was nice it was it was it felt like a family, like a family outside of my family. What's going on, y'all? You have just tuned in to the Black Shutter Podcast. On this show, I invite black photographers, filmmakers, editors, and creative business folks to discuss their experiences and share their wisdom. You will hear about their work, their challenges, and their inspirations. My name is Idris Talib Solomon, a creative director, photographer, and filmmaker based in Brooklyn, New York. So if you dig photography and you love the culture, keep your mind open and your headphones locked. This is the Black Shutter Podcast. The need for community is a recurring theme for many of the photographers that I speak with, myself included. That need for support, safety, motivation, friendly competition, is magnified when we are pursuing opportunities where there's a lack of diversity. The photography industry is still extremely lopsided. Luckily for our guest, he grew up in a home where photography was normalized. His support started early. It started at home with his parents who were both journalists. And that support gave him the confidence to pursue a career in photography. He's won several awards at the college level and has interned for the Players' Tribune, the New York Times, the LA Times, and the Boston Globe. Currently, he is based in Los Angeles as a video photojournalist for USA Today. Harrison Hill, welcome to the Black Shutter Podcast. How you feeling out there, bro? I'm feeling good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. So, bro, tell us, uh, where you calling from right now? I'm calling from LA, California. That's where, that's where I live. That's where I've been for the last couple of years now. So, it's, this is this is my newest home. Newest home. Okay. So, um, where are you from originally? Originally, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Wow. I don't think I know anybody from. I mean, except for you, I don't think I know anybody from Kentucky. That's what, that's what everyone says. Like, <laughs> every time I ask someone. Or someone asked me where I'm from, and I tell them, oh, they're like, I'm the first person they've ever met from from Kentucky. <laughs> so you got the whole you got the whole state on your back. Yeah, so it feels like that sometimes, but I like it. I like being from Kentucky. It uh, it's a great place to grow up in, and uh, I eventually want to want to move back. Okay, bring nice, my nice. kids there. What's um, what's the vibe like in Louisville? it's calm like it's uh it's comfortable um i mean you don't have to you don't have to worry about a lot of the a lot of the things that get people stressed down big cities like traffic isn't as bad um it's it's not a lot of it's not as loud like it's just it's just calm Mm -hmm. like and it it makes sense why people like stay there they don't leave because it's it does feel comfortable um, so, you know, what's funny is like some in, in some situations, the environment that people grow up in, they are dying to leave. You know, they, they experience something opposite. So a lot of people leave small towns to go to big cities because they know that's all they know. And some people leave big cities to go to small towns because it's quiet and it's peaceful. You know. Mm-hmm. So, um, where'd you go to school? I went to Western Kentucky University. Okay, so you stayed in the state for school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had the options to to go other places, go out of state, and like that was the first time I really made a decision by myself on my own. My parents were like, "All right, you made it this far, like do what you want. You can feel me. Go out of state. You can stay here." Um, and my mom she had went to Western Kentucky when she was in college and she was in the journalism program. So I had an idea, uh, uh, like what, what, uh, being a part of that program felt like and, uh, like that. 
knowing it was in state, so it was cheap. That's what that's what sold it for me. So I just decided to stay in state and uh, go for it. Dope. So your mom got her degree in, in journalism. Yeah, my mom got her degree in journalism, and my dad got his degree in photojournalism. Oh, so, so. you you were just primed for this? <laughs> yeah, I, I grew up in a <laughs> like my home was the first PJ house <laughs> I ever I was ever in, and uh, so yeah, that's pretty much it. It was a big influence on my life, but it wasn't it wasn't forced. It was just around. Oh, that's amazing, man. You know, like. I didn't grow up with um, anybody doing photography in my life. You know, um, it's not something that I I didn't really appreciate until I was till I was in college, and um, even still, I didn't fully appreciate it. I wasn't like studying books or anything like that, so I didn't I didn't have much influence. But now, you know, I have a seven seven year old son, and he sees me with the cameras all the time, and he 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 comes into my office and he sees me editing photos or he'll see books, and he he has an understanding of of what photography is. Um, so I just think it's super impressive that, you know, your parents both, you know, were in journalism and you grew up around that. Like describe what the household vibe was like for you growing up. It honestly probably felt like how your son feels like whenever he's in your space and you're doing your thing. Like it was just, it was just normal. So, you know, Whenever you're walking around the house and you you look up on the walls and you see art, like I was looking at newspapers, like my my parents' front page covers and like oh, stuff that stuff that they did. So like, I just grew up looking at like books, photo books that my dad had, and like um, when I was younger, <laughs> like first grade, we lived in Gary, Indiana, because my dad worked in Chicago uh, at the Chicago Sun Times. So I remember I'd take the train with him up to Chicago. I'd go into the office with him and watch him edit like all day. And I would just I would just watch how how the newsroom was and like it just felt like he was looking at thousands and thousands of photographs each day. Um, but it was cool to see to see what he did. It like it was like my brand was developing um, at the same time that like I was being introduced to journalism. Mm. So it was like very, very fertile for new ideas and, and creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and curiosity. I was yeah. just so curious because I would see, I would like see all these photos, but I'd be like, what What was it like? Like how, you know, how did he do this? Why did he do this? Like, mm. So it was so, cool. So... Did your parents like how early did your parents um did they ever like push photography on you? No, they never did. Um when I was in high school, I took a photo class, a film photo class my junior year of high school. And so when I told my dad that, uh he gave me one of his old Nikon film cameras. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a Nikon N90. And he was like, "Hey, do your thing." me if you have any questions just let me know so uh now when you took that, that class was it was digital was around right it was but it was a film class so oh. uh we shot on film the whole year there was a dark room they had these little these little like closets right when you walked into the room and you those are the closets that you would unravel your film after a shoot and mm-hmm. like, take the film out put it into the to the box um like twist it up so like all throughout high school junior year senior year i was i was doing film photography so like i i knew film before i knew digital Mm -hmm. uh, which is cool i'm really glad i was i was able to uh learn about film photography and like that's really what developed my my love was being in that class like, I remember, like, weeks into being in that class, I realized that that was the only thing I cared about when I came to school. Mm-hmm. So, like, whenever I had a study hall or, like, a break or any opportunity, i just go into the photo lab. I was, like, my, my high school safe space. I mean, I could just be in the dark room, um, 
look at photos and and like right when you walked into the class there were these huge prints that my teacher that my teacher shot um, from his trips out the country like the biggest prints i've ever seen in my life <laughs> so i would just i would just go in there and just get inspired and um, i feel like that's really where i developed my love for photography man that's amazing man i, I mean I, when i first was introduced to photography in college at Binghamton University, uh, you know, it was a film class, and Nikon was my first camera. And, you know, I remember the, the magic of um, developing, processing the film in the dark. Like, everything about it just felt weird and interesting and different. Like, and, you know, we had to, the, the fact that we had to do a lot of things in the dark, right? Like, load the film in a dark place or... Mm -hmm you know, process it in the dark and you're shaking the, the can, the, the canister for like 30 seconds or whatever. And like, and then seeing the, the image come, come alive in the water when you're, when you're printing, you know, all of that just felt like a, another world, the red light, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it does be, it, for me, it became um, a, a safe place as well. And it just, it's just something about going into that dark lab and coming out with a creation and you and never knowing exactly what you're going to get from that role of film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was like magic, honestly, like seeing something, seeing an image come from a white piece of paper. Yeah. And you're, you're in like a dark, a dark room with a neon light flashing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it feels yeah. like, it feels like some magic. Shit, man, I'm about to go sign up for the lab in the neighborhood, man. I, I feel like I got to get back <laughs> in here, man. I swear. You still shoot film? Yeah, I do. I, I had a film camera uh, a few years back. It was my favorite camera, but I lost it during a summer road trip. Oh, and so that ever since then I've been I've been trying to uh, get that same camera. Uh, but yeah, I like for fun. I'll I'll shoot with uh, I'll shoot with film. I'll shoot with like my Polaroid camera every time I'm just doing something that's uh, that's just fun. Like I'll shoot with that. Or I'll shoot with um, even the cameras you get from Walgreens, the point and shoot, or like the little the little flash cameras. I'll get those because um, I I love that feeling of uh, like not knowing what you got instantly. Yeah, it's like it's like Christmas every time you get a get your film back. Yeah, a few months ago I just bought a Nikon FM2 film camera, and I think I have about three rolls that I've that I've finished and I haven't taken them to the uh to the lab to process cuz I feel I, I'm a little bit nervous you know I'm like ah, I feel you. you know <laughs> I, I hope they came out you know I hope that um, I loaded the film correctly and all of that cuz it's my you know it's my reintroduction into film photography but um I'm sitting on these canisters so I'm I'm going to take them in I'm gonna take them in uh next week I, I'm promising myself I'll take them in next week um, so, you know, when you took that class in high school, you know, and your father gave you the camera, like, did they give you any suggestions, any tips? Like, uh, I know parents can want the best for their kids and they want to, you know, we want to make sure that they have all the things that they need, all the tools, all the information. Um, what were you, what was your parent, your parents' style in, in, um, supporting you on this journey uh for them it was just about making sure i had all the main resources i need to to survive so like let me make sure i was fed make sure i uh you know had the opportunities uh to you know to be successful uh, but they were never like they never uh, wanted me to do anything specific in my life like they uh, they showed me they did a good job of, like showing me what life is and then they just let me let me figure out figure things out for myself so like they let me make make all the mistakes um, that you make in like high school and college and um, you know I, they would always be there but like I always had to figure things out myself uh, which is which was cool because uh 
I was able to do that with my career, with like figuring out what, what I cared about in life. So like it was it was nice knowing that I had my parents there and they they were always going to be there for me no matter what I did. Um, and then like also knowing that I had everything I needed when it when it came down to it. It's like, OK, I was able to to really like figure out who who I am, uh, what I care about. So it was cool. They they definitely didn't like, um, you know, press me when I started doing photography. Um, but I could tell that they were, they were very excited and like, <laughs> <laughs> they, they were excited to see what, what was going to come about it when I told them about my interest in photography. Was there ever a moment where you really wanted their help? You want you were like just banging your head against the wall, stuck trying to figure out something photographically, and they just uh, didn't like su- not support it, but they they just let you still figure it out on your own. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, every assignment that I do that's relatively dangerous, they're like, "Yo, wh- why are you doing this? Like, what's going on? Do you have to go?" Like. Wh- mm. Um, so yeah, they 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 always let me know how they felt about uh, what I was shooting. Uh, like we uh, we have conference calls with me and my family, and so every week I tell them what I did, like where I went and what my you know what I'm what I'm covering, and they're always like, well you you know <laughs> you don't have to like be so close to to the fire or like you don't have to you don't have to be on the front lines of of uh, of the reporting, you know, they're very cautious, but they understand what I do because, um, you know, because my mom did it, and so um, they understand like the what comes with it. So, right, that's great. That's great. Um, and you know, one of the main reasons why I created this podcast was to to be able to tell stories and share stories of black photographers for younger black photographers who are looking for inspiration from people who look like them, come from the same types of communities and may have similar upbringings. And you grew up in a space for as long as you can remember where you saw the power of photography through your parents and and the power of journalism through your parents. You know, and I think that's such a, a amazing jewel, especially since you ended up becoming a photographer as a profession. You know, um, so I think that's just really remarkable. And um, and you know, my son is in the same situation where he's able to get some access into, you know, behind the scenes of this industry just by watching me. So I think that's really dope. At what point did you realize that you were good at this? Uh, I feel like when I got to college, uh, well, honestly, I, in high school, we would always have assignments where, uh, he give us a prompt or like a theme and we just, you know, do whatever we want, like go shoot whatever you want. Um, but like, I realized that I saw differently uh, whenever I first started having those assignments in my class, I remember, I remember the, like one of my favorite photos in high school, it was taken on my bus. I would always take the bus going back to and from school. And I was sitting on the bus and the girl across from me, uh, she had her headphones on and her hands were over her headphones and she was like locked into her music. And all around her, kids were playing, yelling, and screaming. And I remember seeing it and thinking, like, dang, I should, I should take a photo of that. Like something, something like told me to take a photo of that. And uh, I remember once I took that photo, got developed and saw it, I was like, dang, that's like I feel like I just captured a moment. It didn't, it didn't really make sense, but it just felt like a moment. So that's when I started to notice, like, dang, I, I see, I see moments. Like, I, I look at life through images, mm-hmm. and so 
Man, I think it was really interesting about photography is the psychology behind the photographer. You know, and you seeing that image of the of the 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 young girl with the headphones and you know in her own zone while while there's all of this you know chaos around her, but she's not even affected by it. You know, you don't need a camera to you don't need a, a camera in your hand to be observant of those moments. But when you do have a camera and you document those moments, you freeze it right. And I think um, you have to be photographers. We have to be a, aware of our surroundings and the different moments that are happening in order to be able to document them when we have the camera, you know? So, and that's something that it could be taught, but it's also something that I think comes, uh, comes naturally to, to, um, to us. You know what I mean? We're, we're just focusing on these little glimpses and moments in life because I, I don't know about you. I, I'm always taking pictures without my camera. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not the photographer that walks around with a camera every single day, taking pictures every day. Sometimes I wish I was like like that, but I'm just not. But when I don't have my camera, I'm looking at moments like the one that you just mentioned. You know, all throughout the day, and I'm like, damn, if I had my camera, I would, I would, I would document this right here, and I would yeah. stand, I would stand right here because the light is coming from over here, and you know. Uh, or I would ask this question or use, I would say this statement to break the ice so that I could photograph them or whatever. You know, my mind goes to all of these scenarios of how I would make an image even when I don't have a camera, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel you. I feel like whenever I'm out, um, especially when I'm out on assignment, if I'm covering uh, something in in public uh, and, and like something that I'm, I I mean, like whatever I'm covering, basically, I feel like I'm in a Where's Waldo book, and I'm just looking for moments. <laughs> I'm like looking for, like looking for, for for life, and so it it's cool. It feels like a superpower almost. Yeah, yeah, I've used that term before, superpower. Um, learning how to see and observe my surroundings. I've told I've, I've told people before I felt like that's a superpower. And you know, growing up in Brooklyn uh in the 80s and the 90s when it was it looked a lot different than it does now. Um you know, we had to keep our head on the swivel. And you know, part of the reason why I'm so observant as a photographer is because I had to be observant as a as a young boy. And I had to pay attention to, you know, if um, if gangs were coming around the corner, coming into the park, um, which way was the exit, which way was the hole in the gate that I can get out of, or, you know, um, if I had to, you know, if something good was happening, being able to pay attention to it, or, or you know, so there's so many different scenarios that I had to be aware of in my environment that um, sort of sharpened my eye as a photographer. You know, that's nice. So, so life, life prepared you, and prepared your eye, like just, just your surroundings and your life. I, I think so. Or, or is it like, did life prepare me, or did I? Is that an awareness that I had that I that that I've had naturally, and mm-hmm. photography was just like the perfect place to practice that awareness. Like you ever you ever play a game on like 2K? Like and you get to create a, a character. Right? Uh-huh. Like NBA 2K or NFL uh, or, or Madden or whatever. And you can set the player's awareness level. With some players oh, yeah. yeah some players you can make them super fast, you can make them super strong. Or some players you can give them like heightened awareness. Right? Meaning that there's some players, for some reason, when they're on the field, they can see things happening like before it happens, and that's what separates them from the other players, right? That's the awareness that I'm talking about that I think a lot of photographers have naturally. You know, I feel like we have that naturally. So when we pick up a camera, it's just that's just a tool that allows us to document the things that we are being made aware of. That makes sense. Yeah. 
No, I agree. That's every photographer has has that sense of awareness. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. <laughs> so that's funny. It's like whenever, it's like whenever photographers meet up, it's like a like an awareness seminar or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's always funny too when to geek out with a bunch of photographers, and you know somebody always has a camera. Or yeah. you know when they take the, 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 the phone out, it's still gonna be a pretty good photo, you know, and if somebody is taking a picture of something that you didn't that you weren't aware of, you're like, Hold up, hold up, what are you looking at? Like, oh that is I didn't see <laughs> it from funny. that angle. Let me let me go look at it from where you're at, you know. I'm like, Oh shit, I see what you're doing. That's dope. You know, um it gets like that. It's not it's not like competitive, but it's it's like interest in, in learning how other people your your colleagues, you know, your friends, your counterparts, how they see the world, you know. Yeah, and that's that's how it was for me in uh, college a little bit, because I lived in a house with photographers, and we'd always go to events together. Like every weekend, we just bike to to a different event because Bowling Green wasn't that big, and so every time uh, after the shoot, we'd go back and uh, look at what we got, and you would always like it was cool to always see the different perspectives that uh, everyone else had. Cause uh, like every time I'd see, I see like one of my roommates photos. I'm like, damn, I never even thought about that. That's crazy. Like seeing how, how he thought in that space and like what his perspective of uh, the situation uh, was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I don't do enough of. And I, but I want to. Like, I want to go on photo walks and I want to compare photos. I want to sit and talk about photography all day. I think that's the next thing that's so dope about this podcast is because I get to speak to so many photographers that I respect and learn about their journey and their process. So it's all like I get to geek out and just talk about photography for an hour. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just a, it's a dope outlet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um Going back to college, um, you know, you racked up dozens of photography awards in college. Like, I saw that you you have, like, the Hearst Photojournalism Foundation Award, White House News Photographers Association Award. You got that twice. You got College Photographer of the Year for some sports photography, uh, NPPA awards, Associated College Press, like, Bro, you that that's that's pretty amazing, man. I mean, you just like cranking out photo after photo during during your college years. You know, like what what would you say is the biggest takeaway you learned in school? Where is it? Uh, Western Kentucky? Yeah, what would you say mm-hmm. is the biggest takeaway you got from your education at, at Western Kentucky? Uh the biggest takeaway I got was um really having the opportunity to be in spaces with uh, the upperclassmen and the ones that were going through the program uh, before you and just like gaining all the knowledge and being able to learn hands-on from them because in college, the, the, the process is, was pretty much the same. Everyone had the same classes, um, same teachers, the same curriculum, which what made it so cool is that like freshman you would come out of your class and right across the hall would be uh, the senior uh, like projects class. And you could just like pop in see what they're doing, um, see what their processes are like and uh, learn from them. So like the biggest takeaway I got was like having that opportunity to learn uh, everyone else's processes uh, hands on to learn about their journeys, to see, um, you know, their perspective on getting through uh, the photography program. And uh, so it was cool. I was able to learn a lot um, from them and, like, learn what what things I like, uh, what things I don't like. I was able to just, like, build, uh, basically just, like, build how I wanted to move in the industry and like how uh, what kind of photographer i wanted to be um and it was cool too because you would always see uh the risks that that uh 
you know, the upperclassmen were taking, uh, like the places they were going, um, the things they were doing uh, in their lives, with photography. So like it, it motivated me to go out and take risks and like, uh, you know, go apply for an internship in a new city and like do something I've never, never done before. Um, like basically just stretch my curiosity because that's like that's that's one of the biggest driving factors for me is curiosity um so it was it was cool to just like learn from uh from the ones that did it before me at such a hands-on level Mm -hmm. that was the best part for me i could like sit down with someone who had worked all across the country and see oh wow this is how they go about telling a story like i i could just sit next to them and and watch their process that's dope it sounds like it sounds like uh your education is a combination of you know things that you you're learning on your own and and also fostered by community right and you mentioned that you lived in a house um with other photographers and you all were like go ride to the same event and go photograph it, then come back and compare what what you all saw and, and documented, right? And you learned how to see things differently through like your, your roommate's eyes and they learned, you know, hopefully they learned how to see things differently through your eyes. Then on the flip side of that, you had the upperclassmen who were, you were learning from because they just had more experience and they, they were taking risks. So um, it sounds like the community vibe at Western Kentucky was, especially um, as it relates to photography, was really, really strong. Yeah, it it was. Community was was one of the biggest things, uh, the biggest influences for me in my life uh, because I felt like I wasn't going through the process alone. I felt like I had a whole village of people uh, that were rooting for me that uh, they were doing the same thing I was doing uh, that I could turn to and talk to about uh, anything with photography. Um, so it was, it was nice. It was, it was, it felt like a family, like a family outside of my family. And so even to this day, like if I, if I link with a photographer who went to a Western, like it's, it feels like, it feels like I'm going to you know, hang out with family. What's up, family? If you're enjoying this episode, do us a solid by leaving us a five-star rating or reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. We appreciate the support. So on that note, we're going to get back into the show. Peace. Yeah, I mean, that's that's always the greatest feeling when... Um, friends become family you know um, based on interest and similarities right it's interesting too because a lot of the people uh i mean just going back to to perspective like a lot of the people uh in the program like everyone's different so like the people i would hang out with outside of the program weren't like the people i hung out with inside of my program so i was able to see so many different perspectives on on life and on how people thought um, with photography, but like also how they moved in, in their life, you feel me, outside of uh, outside of class. So it was cool seeing all those different perspectives on how people live their life as well. Mm-hmm. Was Western Kentucky, is, is Western Kentucky known for having like a strong photography program? Uh, I I think so. Yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some photographers that have came out of Western that, I mean, work in pretty cool places. Um, and the foundation of the program is super strong. Um, I mean, it's one that, that allowed me to have all the successes in the industry that I've had. So, um, you know, it's, it's a program that, uh, I believe in, and it's a community that I believe in as well. You grew up in Kentucky, went to school in Kentucky, but now you're in LA working, mm-hmm. right? Like, how'd you get out there? You know, what are, what are you doing out in LA? 
Uh, I I had interned in LA when I was in college, and that was the furthest I'd ever been away from home. And while I was there, I fell in love with the place. Like I I had never been in a part of America that wasn't landlocked, mm. and I had never been in a place in a part of America that had had mountains as big as they had and deserts and and so many different things that I'd never seen before, like so many different parts of life that I hadn't seen. And so uh, I fell in love with it. And uh, after spending that summer in L.A., I told myself, like, yeah, I definitely want to come back to, to California, come, come back out to the West uh, at some point in my life. And so fast forward to when I graduated and uh, started applying for jobs. Uh, a majority of the jobs I applied for were in California because I, I really wanted to to be out here. So I applied to like hella jobs. Like I probably applied for like 60, 60 some jobs um, in like a year span, like eight month span. And uh it was a long process. Like I, I didn't get basically all the jobs. Like I didn't get anything. So like for months, I was just applying. I'm in my dad's crib, trying to figure things out. And uh, I, I applied for this video job uh, that was based out in LA with USA Today. And uh, video wasn't something that I. Uh, Something that I did really, I was mainly a photographer. Like when I was going through the program, it was still pretty heavy. It was still like photo, pretty much pretty photo heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a couple of video classes, but like, and I they had, they had been saying the program, you know, the industry switching to video. Like you gotta learn video, and I was definitely hesitant. I'm like, I'm really cool on video like i just like taking photos <laughs> <laughs> i'm good with that <laughs> yeah and i i really remember there was one point i'm like man i don't you know i can just be a photographer i won't have to do video but i applied to all these jobs all these photo jobs didn't get them and i applied for this video job it was video heavy uh a video heavy journalism job so it was photo and video but it was mainly a video job and so apply for that and uh, a couple days after that, I got a message from a man I met at uh, the National Association for Black Journalism Conference uh, in Minneapolis. It was in 2015. Uh, I met Jared Henderson at that Jared, conference. Jared, yeah. And so fast forward, like years later, he messages me. He's like, yo, did you just apply for this video job for you today? I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, cool, man. That's what's up. That's what's up. I'll, I'll, uh, uh, I'll definitely spread the word and and let people know about you. And so, did you um, did you know that Jared worked at USA Today? No, I I didn't at all. Like I, I had no idea. Like when he had messaged me, uh, that uh, he worked there and that you know he noticed. So that was that was really really he's he's that dude that's going to if he could look out, he's going to look out. Yeah, he always that's like his thing. He's always going to look out. Yeah. Even to this day, we we worked on a project this year and like he looked out the whole time, the whole trip. Especially Um, talking that talking that video. Yes, he's going to look out, man. Jared is dope, man. I don't know if you know, Jared, um, he's. I have an episode with Jared um, earlier, in one of the earlier episodes. I forget which one. Yeah, man. So um, fast forward, right? You got um, you applied for USA Today. Jared mm-hmm. gave you a call. What happened next? So after that, uh, I uh, got asked to do some interviews. Uh, I interviewed with uh, uh, a bunch of editors there. Um, like basically the whole photo department. Uh, USA Today interviewed with them. Um, process was long. It took took a few months, um, 
and I I went out to meet all the editors at USA Today, and uh, in DC, I went to the LA bureau because it. the job the job was based uh, in LA. All right, got so it. so I talked to them, and they're like, they're like, yeah, it's 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 uh, heavily video based, so so just like send us you know the video you have. So I'm like, shit, I don't got any video. <laughs> so I'm like, I maybe had, you know, the videos that I shot for for class when I was in college. And then, like, you know, I had a couple videos that I had done for personal projects that I had never finished. So I'm like, well, I guess it's time to finish these video projects. Wow. <laughs> so, like, I, I, I had to uh, finish a couple video projects that I had on my plate. I had on my plate for like a year or two, like a long time. So I edited these projects, um, put them on my site, sent them like three videos, <laughs> and uh, they uh, they they believed in me. Uh, they took the chance and and offered me the position. So that's dope, man. Congrats. Um, and I think you know. Um, Shout out to USA Today for hiring a, a, a young aspiring photographer to do mostly video who didn't have mostly video to show. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you have to see the vision in somebody, you know, and also uh, give people the opportunity to grow into a role that they may not be ready for or have the experience for. But how do you get experience for something? if you're not given opportunities to get experience. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's dope that they took a risk on you. Um, to them, it probably wasn't even a risk. They're like, yo, this dude is nice. He He's going to get the job done. We feel like it's a risk mm -hmm. because we, we all, sometimes we don't feel like we're ready for for the jobs, but other people will be like, what are you talking about? You're, you've been ready, you know? Mm -hmm. So good deal on that, man. So, what's, so tell us, what is, what's the difference... But uh, photographing in Kentucky versus photographing in LA. Mm, the difference between photographing in Kentucky and photographing in LA. Um, well, the the difference is for me is um, wh whenever you're photographing in LA, you're photographing. You're always photographing on a bigger scale. It seems like. Um, so like whenever there's, there's an event or like world news or national news or, or, uh, you know, an issue that someone's talking about, um, there's always, it always feels like, uh, there's people in LA that have stories to tell related to those issues. So like, I feel like I was photographing everything in LA when I got here, like things that I never photographed in uh, Kentucky. So that, that was the biggest thing. Um, but like to, when you really think about it, like um, the stories you tell in California are, um, they can easily be the same stories you tell in Kentucky. Just, uh, it's just a different perspective. Like there's different variables that, that affect people's lives, you know, in, in California versus in Kentucky. But I feel like it doesn't feel any different, I guess. Like the stories I tell in Kentucky versus the stories I tell in California, uh, it doesn't feel any different because you're dealing with this, the same thing. You're dealing with people, you know, you're telling human stories. So it, it's definitely like the things you see is definitely different. Like the, the, the way of life is different, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, you know the stories you tell. Uh, you know they can be similar in both both cities. Nice. You know I've, I've all, I, you know I've never been to Kentucky, and I haven't spent a long amount of time in LA. So um, I would imagine that you know LA being what it is, you know like second to New York, you know, of course, no offense to any, 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 West, West, <laughs> any West Coast. Yo, that's a real, that's a real thing though. Like, 
that's a real people people have opinions on whether they like New York or LA and it's no other cities in between <laughs> right is is they they they're both up they're equal right as far as uh how people feel about each you know but um I'm I'm a New Yorker so I'm rolling with New York but I ain't trying to start no beef um <laughs> but you know there's a laid backness in LA you know, I think just because it's all if it's, it's always like summer, you know, like mm-hmm. a New York summer is dope because it's people chilling, everybody's looking good, feeling good, smelling good, and we ain't trying to rush too much because it's it's hot. We're gonna sweat, um, mm-hmm. and I imagine L.A. being that same laid back vibe, you know, um, but just with a lot more entertainers <laughs> walking around. Yeah, yeah, that was that was one interesting part about it. Because this is where Hollywood is, which is a completely different industry than than ours. Mm-hmm. And so, being in a city where uh, the industry is that makes what you see on TV, that like makes what the world sees on TV, it's it's kind of weird, honestly. It's kind of it's interesting because um, you see the behind the scenes of of that industry, and uh, like I've had assignments at at uh, different studios like Paramount Studios and Universal Studios, seeing seeing the stages, all the the movie stars. Like you'll be out in LA, and you'll just you'll just see a A list actor just like getting some food, or, sipping like, a coffee or something. Yeah, and I'm like, dang, this is really where they all live. Like the whole industry is is here. Wow. Um, you know what I just remembered. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, like you, you did live in New York for a bit, right? Yeah, and, I lived there. Yeah, got it. I lived there for like eight months, nine months. All right, I, and I, I think I, rec- I recall seeing you at the Players Tribune office mm-hmm. on your last day. I think you were just, it was your last day of your internship at the Players Tribune. Mm-hmm. That just came to me, you know. Um, was that like right before you went out to USA Today? Yeah, that was right after college. I had uh intern with them the summer or the spring of 2018. So from January until about June, uh i worked with them so i lived in new york and it was cool because i was able to see new york go from being super cold to to it being hot and seeing that that shift in energy um like you were saying i like that shift man when new yorkers come out the cold (laughs) and the sun start coming yo this city don't know how to act man it was so much fun like i had i had the best time in new york during that season, during the spring of 2018, like, yeah. it was so much fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, man, New York. Um, I'm talking about it like I'm not here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's it, is it, what's it like now? Man, you know, um, it's coming back to life. Uh, things are getting back to normal, um, okay. you know, with the pandemic. But last year was really, it was really interesting because... You know, for a long time, you know, I was able to work from home a lot, and I was able to also get some some um, photo gigs where I was able to travel during a time when not a lot of people were traveling. But um, there were times where I had to get on the train and head to to the city to like pick up some PPE gear. I, I had some um, photo assignments for Reuters, and they wanted to make sure they sent me out prepared. And I would get on the train, and the train was empty like empty the, the the platforms were empty i would get outside and the streets were empty you know and i'm just like i've never seen the city like this you know consistently and it, it just felt like a long scene from that movie vanilla sky with tom cruise where he's in the middle of Times square and it's like completely empty he's like the only one it wasn't that barren but it was pretty it was pretty quiet and slow um, a lot of stores were closed down. Um, 
and you know you just didn't have access to to, to the same things that you're used to. But now it's coming back to life, and um, trains are crowded, and uh, yeah, I mean, but I don't think New York is going to be the same for a while. You know, I think you and I first met at Eddie Adams' workshop, I think, 2018, mm-hmm. you know, and the reason why I remember that is because, you know, I was a student at Eddie Adams in 2016, and I remember the feeling of being like the only black student. And I was able to return to the workshop the last few years as as a, as a volunteer. And whenever I would see, you know, the black students, I would always just like run, run up on them like, yo, I'm so happy you're here. If you got any questions, holler at me. You know, you can find me over in this section, you know, whatever. I would like pull them aside and, and, and um, you know, just let them know that they had some support. And um, so seeing you that year, I think was was dope because it was just like, yeah, there's there's another one there, you know. And I think that year there were there were quite a few. It was more than than my year. Um, so it was happy to you know I was happy to see that you know. Um, how was that um, workshop experience for you at that time? And you know, have you felt? Do you feel like that helped you get you where you're at now? Uh, I feel like that experience was uh was cool like that that space was something i never been in before like basically having an entire industry like in one place like that's crazy to me think like being it was cool being in the space and thinking like wow every single publication that like the entire world united states sees like all these people here have something to do with it. So that was just cool being able to be in that space and talk to uh, like all these people that you feel me run these industries or run these run these companies uh, the way they do it. So like basically just like how it was for me in college, being able to see everyone's or see my upperclassmen's processes with how they um, you know, how they take photographs. At Eddie Adams, I was able to see these teachers' processes on how they uh, how they move in the industry. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was able to see how editors, uh, you know, go through their editing process and how, uh, you know, how, uh, like, basically just how everyone uh, went about and moved in their industry. So that was really cool. Um, also, the people, the other participants getting like having the opportunity to meet them was cool because um not everyone there did what i did like not everyone there was a a photojournalist like newspaper photographer so i mean there was like art photographers and uh like all types of different photographers so like being able to see the kind of work that they produce uh the value that that work has to them um like what it means to them and like learn about their their perspectives on life, like why they got into the industry, um, why they take pictures. That was really cool too. So for me, like the the biggest thing I got out of it was like the the people I met there, um, the connections I was able to make with the students, and then with uh, you know with all the teachers that were there too, getting to learn about the industry. Have you have you um participated in any other workshops uh yeah i've in college i participated in a few workshops i went to the atlanta photojournalism workshop a couple times Mm -hmm. i had uh i went to the mountain workshop which is uh western kentucky university's photojournalism workshop is that mountain grove not mountain grove um i think i was just talking about this last what was what is the whole name of the workshop it's called the mountain workshops the mountain workshop okay so I went to that and uh what else? I I feel like I went to a couple more workshops, but I mean I I, I of course went to like NABJ mm-hmm. as well. Um but as far as photo workshops, that was pretty much it outside of Eddie. Okay. Oh, I went to the I mean I went to the New York Times review as well while I was in college. That was cool. Yeah. Um, but but that's it. All right. So, you know, 
these extra experiences that you have around photography, not just in school, but, you know, ways that you were uh, making yourself visible and making yourself discoverable to different, you know, editors and different people within the industry, like all of these things help you to advance in your career. You know, um, the reason why I ask you these questions is for like young people listening to understand uh, what you're saying um, about how you've grown as a photographer is you've grown in the spirit of community, you know, mm -hmm. um, in your household, right? You have a community of photographers in your, in your household, right? You and your parents. Um, but then also you created a community in college, right? And, and, and high school, mm -hmm. right? Every, mm -hmm. every step of the way you were creating different communities that would support you where you can teach and you can learn at the same time. And then going to these workshops, these are ways that we can learn outside of the classroom from people who have real world experience, you know? So I hope, you know, the folks out there who are listening, who want to find ways to, you know, to get deeper into this career path, you know, find ways to surround yourself with community of people who, you know, they don't have to think like you, but are passionate about some of the same things you're passionate about. Yeah. And it and it's not easy. Like when I first started going to the conferences, I was you know, I was I was always nervous going to them. I I was nervous that I wouldn't feel comfortable. I like didn't know who I was gonna see. Like I, I mean, I didn't know what was what I was gonna expect. Um but every time when I when I left the conference I felt like uh I felt great. I mean I met a bunch of new people that are in the same industry as me and it was cool because i was able to grow uh as a photographer and watch other photographers grow with me or like watch other photographers grow themselves so like i would just be like looking at other photographers like wow that's so cool i remember when i met her at uh at atlanta and now she's interning here like and then you build friendships and then it's like okay cool i'm interning in la i got a friend who's interning in San Francisco. Let me go up and say what's up after my internship. So like I was able to build a network of friends across the country as well, which was cool. So then that village just stretch, stretches wider, um, especially when it's, when it's good people. But it definitely was not easy. I mean, but you know, you appreciate things more when you, when you go through the, 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 tough challenging parts and you come out clean or cleaner right like we appreciate we, we appreciate it because we earned it you know mm -hmm. so i know you're um you know from kentucky you you're out in la at usa today they they made sure you started to uh get those video chops going um how do you feel about video now as a part of your toolkit Video is cool. I've learned a lot about video. Um, I remember when I had my first assignment, it was of a goat herder. And he basically had all these goats that would come and eat up all the grass. And that would help, uh, that would help with forest fires. So like once these sheep, or I'm sorry, once, once the goats would eat up all the grass, uh, that would prevent that area of land from catching fire. So I remember I had to go all the way out to this farm uh, and, you know, capture B-roll, interview this, this guy. Uh, so we got to the farm. We had to get out of our cars, get all of our equipment, and walk like a mile to where this guy was. So I get with, with all gear. the way out there. With gear. With, yes, with gear, with full video gear. It's just me uh, and then a reporter, but I got to get photo and video. So I'm like, all right, let me just make sure I got everything. Uh, I get my cameras, I get my microphones, get my cords, go out there. And right before the interview, I'm looking, I'm like, damn, how am I gonna, how am I gonna like get this interview? Um, and I look and I don't have the lofts. Oh man. And that was like the only way I could have got this interview clean because uh, it was outside and it was loud. So I'm like, okay. I could try to get an interview with this on-camera mic, or I could just walk back, 
a mile to get these lines. Which is two miles, which is in total (laughs) is going to be four miles, right? Like, (laughs) yes. So I told, I told him like, Hey, I'll be right back. And I just remember just like running back. And the whole time I'm knowing like he's watching me run back to my car. (laughs) His dogs were just like running back with me. So I run back, get these laws, come back, um, do the interview. And I remember when I got done, uh, I, I, I had to go back like a day after because uh, I like didn't do something right. So I was like, yo, this is this is not going to be easy at all. Um, I just remember being so, so like unprepared uh for what what video was gonna be but um it was cool man i i made a lot of mistakes early on and i still make mistakes because video is so much more to handle than photography you can't just like you can't you can't just like go to a video shoot unprepared like with photography sometimes you'd be like all right all i gotta do is pick up my cameras and and just prepare myself mentally for uh you know what what i'm going to be covering but like with video you cannot do that you have to you have to make sure you have all the gear you need you have to make sure you have all the cords and the batteries you need you have to figure out the approach that you're going to go for how you're going to be conducting interviews um like if you know what specific tripods you're going to bring if you're going to bring lights like batteries yes batteries everything video is just like non-stop moving parts man it is and it's tough um but it's been cool learning about and realizing the impact that it can have uh you know on on people and like you can argue that the influence that video has is a lot stronger than than uh photography Mm. like that it's it's tough but um once i was able to see that uh, i was able to appreciate video more um but it's it's a lot of steps yeah then you got the video editing which is <laughs> completely it's, different than yep. photo editing yep it's a different form of storytelling i mean same thing with photographers and photo editors right mm-hmm. different different type of storytelling like it's amazing how a, a, a really good photo editor can take a bunch of like thousands of images that I've taken and cut it down to 15 to make a story and these these might be images yeah. taken across you know, taken over a span of a year but and those 15 images are all they're all out of order from different parts of the year and they just piece it together in a way that creates a solid story and it's the same thing with um, video editors they're able to like take small parts and then take B-roll footage and help these things convey an emotion, you know, like Mm -hmm. the video person just has to make it look good. And the editor is like, all right, now here's where the story is going to come from, you know? Yeah. It's tough. You're, you're, it's like you have a blank canvas as a video editor with, as a photographer, the canvas is out is for you. You just have to uh, capture the moments, but being a video editor, you gotta take those moments, look at a blank canvas, and and make a work of art. So that's that's really tough for me. But uh, it is beautiful. It, it's almost like it's almost like developing film photos, because uh, like that feeling you get when you're done um, is the same. That sense of that sense of accomplishment, um, you know, knowing that you were able to tell the right story um it it evokes the same feelings for me it's just a lot more work <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. man so now that you have now that you have video you, you're getting a solid grasp on video what's you know what's next for you how do you see your career sort of um evolving uh for me uh, i want to continue to get better as a videographer uh it's i mean it's a it took me a long time to feel comfortable as a as a just strictly photographer. Um, like it was years and years of work, and like I have goals as a videographer that uh, I've had since since college uh, that I still haven't uh, completed yet. Like 
even even coming down to you know making making good video projects like that there's a lot that comes with it and uh i want to get to a place where i can feel comfortable going out um telling good stories and making good video projects um so so for me honestly right now i'm just i'm i still feel like uh, i'm in school almost like i'm i still feel like i'm learning about video every assignment um learning how to be a better video editor um so that's where my heads are right now just working to to make the video projects i know i can make so just you know working and putting the effort to to be better this is harrison hill and you are tuned in to the black shutter podcast i want to give a big shout out to everyone who tuned into this episode thank you for listening the Black Shutter Podcast is hosted by me, Idris Talib Solomon. To subscribe to the Black Shutter Podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. When you get there, show us some love by dropping a five-star rating or leaving a review. This will help with our rankings, which essentially helps more black photographers get exposure. Make sure to check us out online at blackshutterpodcast.com to read the show notes, learn more about our guests, and check out some of their work. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Peace. Until next time.